June 27, 2021. It's a lot from Pete Rose Show. <laughs>
with spineless scales. With pyramidal whorls. crown is open. twisted and dwarfed in exposed locations.
eastern pines form pure stands. for Pedro show happy Sunday kind of different but I'm doing Sunday because we gotta celebrate the release of a brand new proj and I started the show with Black Pearls from John Coltrane and then what I'm referring to uh, Rambutan is this proj and it's a big collab and uh, the man who behind it is gonna be guest today and explain about it but this was the, uh, I've already played two uh, systems. They're divided up into 33 systems. I've played two. We're going to do 11 this show and then play the rest on other episodes. Fusion. But uh, this was Parallel Systems, system number three. And it had Jeff Barsky. You and Curry, you could tell I'm not man alone because there's a bunch of fucking noise coming over the line. But, and we'll get to that. Karen Schomer, Frank Bow. And Eric Hardiman. Speaking of Eric Hardiman, Brother Matt, he's still, that's where Rackets coming, like from New York State, upstate. Uh, because Brother Matt is still at the Love, well, he always is going to be at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point, but I'm not with him. I'm here in my pad a couple miles away, but I'm not totally man alone, as you can tell by all that fucking noise. The software engineers in Estonia with their incredible Skype invention, I'm able to talk to Eric Hardiman and all his. A company of noise. Welcome aboard, Eric. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Now, people, Brother Eric is a fellow bass man. <laughs> so we're going to be very interested in his journey from music. So, Eric, if you would, bring your earliest musical recollection, please. Yeah, so I was thinking about that. My earliest musical recollection is not so much about instruments, uh, per se, but I listening to music. records. I said music. Listening. I said music. Because yeah, I think music, music was around way before humans were. Yeah. Yeah, so I was listening to records on my parents' record player, and I found out that you could change the speed on it. And I used to love to change the speed and listen to records at the wrong speed. <laughs> and then I would tape them, and I'd make these weird-sounding tapes with records at the wrong speed. And that's kind of my earliest memory. Are you uh, familiar with a comedy deal, uh, duo named Cheech and Chong? Oh, yeah. Okay, what are the bits? I don't know which one, the yellow one or a big bamboo or whatever the fuck, but the guy comes, hey, man, right? I think he's known as man, right? The character that Tommy Charles playing. What are you doing? I'm listening. I'm making table candles. Because table candles, yeah, pour wax on the table, light on fire, listen to Black Sabbath at 45. Nice. So that's my, I can relate to that. That's my wrong record speed joke. 
that I bought. I, st- from I still like doing it. I still like listening to things at the wrong speed. It kind of gives me a, a weird pleasure. Well, people can help out by not putting the fucking info on the label so you get it all wrong. <laughs> and shit. Like, now, um, where was this? This was in Annandale, Virginia. Okay. So and now just pad, outside of D.C. Now, the pad you grew up, did it, was there any instruments in the house? Yeah, I, no instruments that I can think of. We might have had like a plastic recorder or something, but not really. Like no no one played music in my house. Now, you until... know, Michael, I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, and he told me in his mind, and I agreed with him, the record player can be an instrument. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Okay, so um, can I ask you the first record you bought with your own money? Yeah, so the first record... First record I ever got. This wasn't my own money, but first record I actually. Let me answer your question. No, first. no, that's first. important. It's your own money because when you're a kid, you ain't okay. got a lot of money, so you got to yeah. make a real hard choice, right? This was a secret pur- purchase without my folks knowing about it. I bought that's Kiss okay. uh, Destroyer because okay. I knew they wouldn't approve, so I bought it. <laughs> you didn't do it for the music. You did it just to piss off your parents. No, I was totally into the music. It wasn't so much about that, but it was just about like worried about what their reaction would be when they saw the cover. Okay. Um, now me and but D I love I love the music. Now me and D Boom, we saw Kiss maybe three or four times before they even had the first album. And I remember when that album came out, we said, "Man, is it slow?" Because it wasn't like the gigs. <laughs> but by the record you're talking about, we weren't listening to them anymore. But we yeah. liked, the one we liked a lot was Hotter in Hell. Oh yeah, yeah. I like I so, liked all the first the first couple. Let yeah. me ask you, um, first gig you went and saw. First gig I ever saw was uh, X, the band X from yeah. L.A. Yeah, because there's an X spelled different in Holland. Oh yeah, not them. I've seen them, but but first gig was X with the Flesh Tones opening up in Washington D.C. X is a band here. Uh, yeah, Billy Zoom, John Doe, Exine. Yeah, Don Bo- I think I, only Don Bonebrake, he's from the Val, but the other people were all from out of state. Well, you know, I am too. I'm from Virginia, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So they probably were on tour. They were on tour. It was actually, it was 82, so I think they were promoting that, uh, what was that film, Erg, A Music War? I think. Oh, uh, I remember were, that. That was IRS, though, right? The record company. Yeah, 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 exactly. Perubu's pretty interesting. I think Suburban Lawns are in that. And maybe yeah, even maybe, so. maybe even Alley Cats, which was another Hollywood uh, scene. Uh, like but they kind of like X, X kind of blew my mind, man. A, a, a friend's older brother took us to that show, and I was pretty young, and it was like it, it was uh, pretty life changing. They're a good band, good band. Yeah. Again, I put John Doe in one of my Minuteman songs. Can I ask you about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Not choir, not marching band, but I played in like the orchestra kind of deal. So I played cello, started cello, I think, in like third grade. Yeah, cello is very interesting. Now, yeah, the range is huge. <laughs> you know, the only f- thing I find a little weird about is the way you have to play it between your legs like that. But, yeah. uh, but it's incredible. And then because of the, the fifth thing, the jumps between the strings got so much drama. <laughs> Yeah, I gave it up pretty quick. I think I only stuck with it for a year or two because it was tough for me. Um, but that's what I started with, yeah. Okay, so did you learn to read? 
Uh, I did. You know, they used like the, I forget what it's, I think it was called the Suzuki method or something. It was like some 70s kind of like teaching method. But yeah, I learned to read a little bit, but never very well. Yeah, um, I, I didn't mean playing. I mean, uh, you know, the ta- uh, not tablature either. Man, what a funky ass. I mean, th- that's hard too, the traditional <laughs> way, but tabs are like lame ass. Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't know, man. I, I'd say go for the traditional over tap or some uh, thing you figure out yourself, right? Like a little, especially you got bad eyes. How do you re- <laughs> so come up? I've had to come up with half asses, you know, so I could so things like this. And uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah, everybody yeah. comes from a different place in the thing. Now, you end up on bass guitar. So what was the move from cella? Well, what did you get your first bass? Well, that's not, I was an adult when I got my first bass, so it was only like maybe uh, a dozen years ago. So I went from cello to clarinet in high school, and then to bass clarinet, like Dolphy, you know, Dolphy. played the bass clarinet for a couple of years. Okay, um, so you don't give up on, th- th- this is all school stuff, or on your own? Yeah, exactly. Okay. No, this is all school stuff, yeah. And when you graduate, uh, so if you're doing clarinet and bass clarinet, after school, I'm not talking about graduate, but in the afternoon, you didn't do the, or did you do basement bands, bedroom band, garage bands with those instruments? Never did, never did. I didn't know. I didn't know a lot of other kids who were into the same stuff I was in so, into. So I, you know, never did that. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, uh, after uh, graduating school, and you go, do yeah. do you do the college thing? Yeah, but before before that last last year of high school, I I bought a guitar. Oh, okay. Um, so you move on yeah. to another instrument. Okay. Yep, I was still playing clarinet, but I moved on to guitar. I bought a guitar pretty cheaply. I bought a Mosrite, <laughs> um, an old hollow body Mosrite guitar, and taught myself how to play. You know, um, clarinets are B flat. What are bass clarinets? Are they B flat too? Bass clarinets are E flat. E flat. That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that was a little, a little bit of. And a you know what? You can't, you can't go over to the sax, right? Because the buttons are just because there's holes and shit, right? Different thing. <laughs> yeah. Although recently I went over to tenor about five or six years ago, just because I found one um, and started playing tenor, and man, I, I, I picked it up really quickly. I think. Oh, that's old, right. You know, brother, drummer, yeah. uh, brother Steve from the Stooges told me. One way was easier. Uh, maybe yeah, you're a yeah. clarinet man, you can go to sax man, but a sax man finds it really hard to go to clarinet. I think you're right. Yeah. Even though they're yeah. related, right? I've seen some of the first ever made at the Music Museum in Brussels. Adolf Sax. He used yeah. to be on the, uh, I think it was the five franc note or something. But uh, <laughs> uh, Okay, so you get a guitar, and it's, yeah. uh, it's electric, but it's kind of acoustic. So you must have got an amp with it? I got an amp, yep. And so what do you do? Do you start playing with the buddies to kiss on? No, I, I mean, actually, okay, a couple of buddies and I would sit around in, you know, each other's houses and we would teach ourselves REM songs. We actually, we would have double nickels on the dime and we'd figure out songs from that. That was pretty critical for us. But never, never in a band situation, just like, you know, I'd figure out a lick and show it to my friend. And, you know, it's kind of like that, just for fun. And also no... A formal thing, autodidact, right? You're teaching each other. Yeah, yeah, no totally, yeah. totally, yeah. So stumbled through it and stuff, and and uh, <laughs> not just copying. Did you start uh, writing your own stuff? Not really. I mean, I tried a couple times and was never happy with it. So I kind of, you know, lost confidence, gave up. Uh, so not really. No. But your friends, your playing. There was a culture of that. Were, were some of them writing songs? 
No, we were all just learning songs because okay. it was just like n none of them ever were in bands. You know, I, I, I'm sorry. I had one friend who was in a band, but the rest of us weren't. <laughs> so, so so we were just kind of very casual. Yeah, we were happy to learn yeah, a good yeah, song yeah. and be able to play it. Here, you know? I want to play. I want to play another system. Okay, this is number yeah. four.
For Pedro Shelf, that chunk of music started with well, System Four from Parallel Systems, Rabbiton, uh, Proj, Gail Brogan, Andrew Payne. I'm in this one. Uh, Kevin McCarvel, and of course, oh, Eric, Chris Robert, and then finally the ringleader, Eric Hardiman. So now you got this guitar. You're just pl playing with your friends. And uh, not a real band. You're not doing gigs or stuff like this. Uh, how far do you take the guitar? You know, I just kept playing it at home. And then I went off to college. I started doing college radio. Um, that's where I met Karen. We were at the same radio station. Um, oh, so, so uh, but is your major, do you, do you study music at college? No, not at all. No, this is always just like an extra hobby kind of thing for me. But you do get thought, into the radio. You know, this was different than my college days. The college radio scene starting in the 80s, you know, and yeah. DJs could have their own fucking shows. No no playlist, no program director, dictate, program dictator, right? Every, yeah. Yeah, it was really... I, I started doing it in high school, actually. A, a local college allowed me to have a show as a high school student. Actually, and then I kept, I kept doing it through college, and I still do college radio now. It's I got to tell you... Uh, REM, we got to give credit to because they really, you know, the punk scene wasn't really a college thing until those guys uh, kind of broke it open. So totally, very totally grateful to them. And so you had your own. So having your own show that means buttloads of records. So you're getting exposed to all kinds of music. That was the whole point. That, I mean, I liked I liked the DJ part, but really it was all about just exploring, you know, new records and finding new sounds. Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm wondering is, is it like making you get the hankering to get, <laughs> to get a band, to get your own music going? Yeah, it was. It was. So like and so in college, I tried a couple of times to get bands together. And, you know, we had folks that practiced and just never went anywhere. I think it was all kind of personality stuff and lack of equipment. So you mean you never did a gig? No. Well, okay. So I did an acoustic gig once during college. Was it Man uh, Alone? What's that? Was it Man Alone? No, it was a duo. I played. I played the acoustic guitar, and another dude played the acoustic guitar and sang. Now, how did it um, go? Did you guys have? It was a good. Day? It was good. Yeah, it was good. You know, it gave me the. I think it gave me a little taste of it. Um, did you yeah, guys, I enjoyed did it. Did you guys have a name? No name, no. I don't. I think we just went by our own names. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, what was it like, RFK Stadium? Or 
<laughs> no, this was in Williamsburg, Virginia, so where we went to college, and it was just William like, and uh, Mary. Yeah, William and Mary. That's it's, it. I think yeah. the third oldest school, and it's in the fucking uh, <laughs> a Steely Dan song. Yeah, it is. You got it. You got it. So, yeah, so we did that one gig, and that was kind of it. And then, you know, I tried to, like I said, I tried to make bands happen even after college. Um, had a band that practiced for about six months, and we got pretty decent, but never went anywhere, never did a gig, never came up with a name. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of the early journey. And you know, I don't think that was wasted time, because whenever you play, you're invested in the next time you play. Absolutely, absolutely. But I gave it up. You know, I gave it up in 1991 because I was just kind of like, this is not going to happen. I wasn't interested, like the egos and personality of people involved. I was oh, yeah, terrible. Like, it's the horror. Know. Like uh, Mr. Bland, Marlon Blando said, right? The horror. <laughs> totally, totally. You know, so they, didn't know how to, for... they didn't know how to end that fucking movie. He saved that movie. <laughs> yes, he did. The guy who couldn't remember his words, but he remembered how the book ended. So fuck it, right? Thank you, Mr. Brando, I should say. Okay, okay, so you give it up. But you say you got a base 12 years ago. Now, I'm doing some math here. 1991, (laughs) 2009. That's like for 18 years, you don't play? Well, no, for 15 years. So 2006, I I meet a friend of mine in Albany, New York, Jackson, uh, Wingate is a buddy of mine, and he he's got this band called Burn Hills, and he invites me to sit in with them. And you know, I kind of say, "Hey, man, I haven't played guitar in a long time. I'm no good. You, you don't need me pulling your band down." And he says, "No, no, no. Just come join us. Sit in. See what happens." And uh, I I bet I still am in that band. I've been in that band for over 15 years now. So that got me going back again in 2006 and then must have been 2008 or 2009. The bass player kind of faded away and we had a we had a hole and I saw this bass in the corner and I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. I've never touched a bass, but I'll give it a shot. And then I became the bass player in Burn Hills and, and now I play bass in lots of different bands and I love playing bass. Yeah, it's weird how many people got going on bass because no one else in the band wanted to rock it. <laughs> fucking dicks but you know what you, you got it's, it it's alright it's alright it left space for us I, I thank D Boone's ma every fucking night for letting me uh, put me on bass because it was a great gift for her so tell me about the first gig you did playing bass first gig I did playing bass man I, I don't remember what the first gig was but so the way Burn Hills okay. works is we always play in the same basement and then we invite other bands to come in and play in the basement with us. So that's the gig. It's like a house party. You don't remember uh, like, the first time you played bass in front of people? Oh, so the, it was so casual. It, well, and I've been it playing like guitar. A, it seemed yeah, like a practice or something? Yeah, totally, totally. So, And I picked it up really easily. And like my bass, you know, the guy, the person I wanted to sound like was Lemmy. I was just, I wanted to play like Lemmy. <laughs> and I still do, kind of. Um, Did you ever get to meet him? Nice guy. I never met him, but I'm a huge Hawkwind fan. Like I, I love that stuff Silver dearly. Silver Machine. Silver Machine. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, me too. So, so my first bass was a PVT40. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody uh, gave me one of those in Nashville once, and the next gig was Birmingham. And uh, there was a band already at the pad conk from the night before, and I said, "Hey, 
You need a base? <laughs> so I didn't, have it, I didn't have it that long. But I, my first base amp Minutemen was a PV 400. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, so, uh, yeah, what was your first base amp? My first base amp was, a, it's, I still have it. It's a trainer uh, YBA. Yeah, it's a trainer YBA. It's a you big, know, big You know amp. who like trainers? Who's that? Ron Ashton. Are you serious? I didn't I know that. Shoot wow. you. I wouldn't shoot wow. you, Eric. Now, All right. And now that the bass, although he did play a, a bass one because, you know, he was a bass player first, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love trainer. Love trainer. Okay. Uh, a little heavy nowadays, right? We got these little light ones. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> what about the first time you recorded with the bass? Was it with the Burn Hills? Yeah, it was with Burn Hills for sure. We record every time we, you know, we don't, we never call it practice. Like the deal with Burn Hills was we would play every Monday night from eight o'clock to nine o'clock, one hour, pure solid, just one piece. We'd play, you know, start the, turn off the lights at eight o'clock, start playing. Nobody knows what key we're in. Nobody knows where it's going to go. And uh, Jack always said, it's like surfing. You just start surfing and you, you take the wave where it goes. Uh, and it taught me a lot about improv. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, because there's no tunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was he was awesome because he said, you know, you can't make a mistake, man. You you make a mistake, just keep going. No big deal. Uh, you know, so it was it was super fun to explore riffs and explore you know different sounds with the bass and total freedom. I'm not used to it. Is right. You said it's a going concern. Everybody. It is. We're good. We we kind of scaled back to like once a month now instead of once a week. But yeah, we're still going. Okay. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 27, 2021 edition Watt Peter Show special guest, Eric Hardeman. Hold tight for hour two. June 27, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
measured in runs Measured in over Measured in Oh, 
Live from Pedro Show, we start off the second hour with uh, System 6 from the Parallel Systems Rambutan Praj. This one's got uh, Guy uh, Picciato, Michael Kiefer, Mike Griffin, Glenn Galloway, and Eric Hardiman. Then we have Ben Salter featuring Captain Fighting Machine. That's a good name. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Yeah, I like it. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Measure. <laughs> And then I love looking at my face from Justice Yeldon, Brother Lucas from nearby Sydney, the pride of Johnson County from Simlock Ward in Iowa City, Bob Buckle Jr. from nearby Dubuque, Iowa, a box of sand is a box of dirt, and then Parallel Systems, System 7, Rambutan, Peter Pescott, drummer man from Mission of Burma. Yeah, and uh, but now the guitar man for Mini Beast out of Providence. Yeah, mm-hmm. life's about change. Andreas Bryant, Brandi, Derek Rogers, and Graham. Graham Hardiman, is this a relation? Yeah, yeah it's my son. He's he's the ornette, you know, or or the Donardo. Donardo, right? Prime yeah, time. Yeah, Donardo. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's my son. Okay, and uh, that that was number seven of the. Uh, system seven from parallel systems, Robert Tom. So let, 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 let's learn about Robert Tom. Yeah. So uh, at some point in the Burn Hills thing, I started playing in a lot of side projects, started doing a band uh, called Century Plants. That was a duo with Ray Hare, who was, he was on, uh, and he was a singer of that band Deadline. I don't know if you remember them. They were on Flex Your Head. Um, uh, anyways, we had a duo. I had lots of different projects going and I, I, Man, I'm always like my head is full of music all the time and it's like trying to come out. So I started thinking, uh, you know, record down in my basement late at night, just start recording some just solo jams. And, I, you know, kind of started making CDRs of them and sending them to friends. And I needed a name for it. So I came up with this uh, silly name, Rambutan. Yeah. Is, is it mysterious? I mean, is it, is it put <laughs> no, together? It's, it's, is it invented? What, what's it from? No, it's it's a it's a fruit. It's a uh, it's a um, it's kind of like a pear, but it's a fruit in Southeast Asia. I, I traveled over in Indonesia once, and I was exposed to these. It, it, it's kind of silly. They're called the hairy fruit because they've got all these little hairs that come out of it. And they, well, they joke around. Well, you know, Asian pears around. Is it is it a sphere? It, it is a sphere, yeah. It looks kind of like a tennis ball size kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I've had Korean ones that are biggest size grapefruits. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know that, that was the name, but okay. Uh, <laughs> wh- what language? Uh, I, th- I think it's Indonesian. It's either Thai or Indonesian. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not, thank you for teaching me. That's why yeah. I wanted you on the show so you could light my ignorant ass. Now... Uh, <laughs> What was the first Rambutan? So you're saying you were in the basement jamming, but yeah. then it turns into this clap, right? Does, it kind of changes into a yeah, clap? So, yeah, so I started to, you know, I mean, I did, I've done a couple records, a lot of tapes, a lot of CDRs uh, as Rambutan, just solo things. And then once the pandemic hit, you know, I was stuck at home. None of my bands were playing because, you know, we couldn't, no practice. And I, I, I was just kind of getting frustrated with doing the solo thing. So I, I decided to invite a couple of my pals, mostly people in Albany, but a couple of people a little further afield um, to send me. And you know, I said, hey, just send me a recording, whatever you want. You can make it on your phone. You can make it, 
you know, uh, professional recording, whatever you want to do, send me a few minutes and uh, trust me and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tweak it and work it together and manipulate it and all that good stuff. And I think I got maybe seven or eight people who sent me stuff. I started making tracks with it and it was so much fun. It was so incredible that I started asking more people and more people and it just kind of grew and grew until it got to be almost 70 people. Okay, I want to play System 8. twisted and dwarfed in exposed locations.
pinion pines have large edible seeds. They are small trees with rounded crowns. Cones are columnar.
Watt for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off Parallel System System 8 from the Rambutan Proj. And this one had Campbell Neal, Ray Hare, Sidra Berga, John Olson, Karen Schomer, and uh, lost my place here. Eric Hardiman, of course. Well, you could have helped me, brother. <laughs> put it together. I didn't have it. In, I didn't have my memory going. No, no, but you put it. You must have heard this shit like thousands of times. Well, let's talk about how this thing came. To, okay, people submit their parts and shit, but you yeah. must have in between uh, getting back into music, getting uh, trading the guitar for the bass. You must have set up a studio in your pad. I mean, it's kind of a studio. I got a four track. I got you know. Zoom recorders. I got a bunch of different, you know, I kind of pick up cheap gear. I'm a bottom feeder with gear. I just buy cheap stuff whenever I see it at garage sales and that kind of thing. So I got a basement full of, I mean, I got timpani down there. I got a drum set. I got you a bunch of. You got of all the shit that other people don't want? Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, just a joke. Let's tell the people the other music. Manuel Armida from up in Yellowknife. But, well, he's actually from Mexico, but that's where he's living now. Secrets of Songs, A Railroad Spike from The Voice. Uh, no, Forms The Voice. This is fucking uh, Roscoe Mitchell, incredible musician, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's playing with Sandy Ewan, Damon Smith, Walter Weasel. And then does it go backwards from Helvetia, brand new. And finally, Parallel System, System 9, Rambutan, Mike Bullock, Philip Todd, Jefferson Pitcher, and, of course, Eric Hardin. So... I can't remember the instructions you gave me, but did you give everybody instructions? I, you know, I said uh, I tried to leave it totally open. I wanted people to do what they wanted to do. Send me whatever you want. Okay, then, let me, then let me ask you this. How did yeah. you how did you decide which dudes went with uh, or people went with which people? Well, I started off. It's funny. I started off thinking the project was going to make like. Uh, like one big, like 20 minute, 30 minute piece. I thought it was going to be kind of like the Faust tapes, you know, where it would like kind of do jump cuts and it would go to like a rock part and then maybe go to a weird dub part or whatever. And uh, I, it got kind of unwieldy and it was crazy. So then I just, I came you mean up with like the idea. A, these, can, can, I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a, a, a soundtrack to a porn movie. <laughs> Something like when, that. No, yeah. when I when I remember yeah. that fucked up version of uh, that, that who is it Tommy and like John Entwistle, he does all the music and it that's what oh, that sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah, yeah, kind of. What was his so, name? It, but uh, it was, Ken, Ken it was Russell. Too, Ken Ru uh, Yeah, no. yeah. It was too hard to pull off, and then and then I kind of came up with the idea of doing shorter tracks. And once once I hit that idea, it was like, oh, I could actually think of this as like groups. Like I could imagine, like you, I could imagine Mike Watt jamming with Mike Kiefer jamming with Ray Hare, and I, I, because I know everybody that I invited. Yeah, but Eric, um, I was man alone. Yeah. I didn't jam with anybody. <laughs> but it's it's a conceptual. Oh, you thing, would, man. yeah, you would create yeah. the jam. Uh, okay, I understand. Yeah, Dirt, so the parallel jam. system is kind of like imagining what it would be if these four or five musicians were together in the same room, even though they're all over the globe and they've never met each other, maybe. And um, didn't even hear their but, music. You were like the meister behind the curtain. That's, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it kind of got bigger and bigger. I got more tracks and like more people were sending and people surprised me. Like John Olson sent me 30 minutes worth of music. Of course. 
Some people sent me like 10 seconds worth. Some people sent me, you know, five minutes. Like it was all over the map and it wasn't what I expected. What did I say? You sent me just a, a solid baseline. You no, sent but me, how long? Like, how long? I think it was like two or three minutes long. Maybe. Okay, okay. It, was like, it like wasn't a, song, a bow card. You know, it wasn't a it, windbag. <laughs> no, it was beautiful, man. It was so good. Well, I was um, thinking I was thinking an idea. I bet you this guy's going to do something with it to make it part of the tune. So I was thinking more like a skeleton to hang flesh yeah, and yeah. skin and, and hair and face. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how your track worked out. Like some of the tracks weren't like that. Some of them was like just like a big soup, a big pot of soup where all the stuff goes in. And it, it's not so much like a skeleton, but yours was like, all right, this baseline is the skeleton. Let me, you know, kind of work everything else around it. Um, so it's super fun, man. Well, it was no, just I, like, I want to get into that. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. being a bass player, you could probably relate to my thing, but other situations. But but uh, we're at the end of the second hour, June 27, 2021. This Watt Peter's special guest, Eric Hardiman. I, I want to get into, uh, you know, how this other stuff uh, was got composed. Hold tight for our three. June 27, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro right. Show. We started third hour off. Parallel System, System 10, Rabuton. This one had John Collin, Grant Capes, John Schlesinger, Paul Haney, and Eric Hardiman. And then we had uh, Ron Ruins from Ron Anderson, uh, yesterday's guest. Sunset Through the Trees uh, with the Ruins cat from Japan. Uh, says number one, this is live at Savoy Tivoli in San Francisco, February 12, 1981, part one of three. Oons, this was a project, the late great Zev, uh, Z apostrophe EV, incredible inspiration to me from a Hollywood punk scene semi experience for Watt. Very inspiring. He would have swing and percussion almost killed by this shit, but that taught me that the movement was about whatever. Bring it. Yeah. 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 Let the freak flag fly. And then Parallel System, System 11, Robinton, Howard Seltz, uh, Stesler, Stelzer, sorry, excuse me, ha Howard Stelzer, John Schoen, uh, Stoibs, Ben Harbert, Paul Haney, and Eric Hardiman. So, like these, you know, no base guy to relate to, no skeleton to hang the rest of the body parts on. So, uh, you, you still have to decide, well, you decide first with the intros, right? You make the invites. And then the stuff they give you, there's another set of decisions you got to make, right? You, you got it, yeah. And I, some of it was random. Some of it was like, I would just, I would go, hey, man, I wonder what Campbell Neal would sound like with John Olson with Mike Watt. And sometimes I'd put them together and I wouldn't like the results. And so I could kind of pull back and say, all right, let's try it. Let's try something different. But sometimes I would go in and I'd say, all right, I want, you know, I want a drum part. I want a bass part. I want some weird electronics. Yeah, and that's so, I, so, so there's, a, there's kind of a split, right, between the personas and then the yeah. musics. Totally, you got and it. And sometimes maybe a starting point would be the personas, but then at the end of the day, it was about the music. And it's weird, too. You know, when I was telling you about the turntables slowing down when I was a kid, I used to also love, I, I mean, absolutely love playing two things at the same time like two tape recorders going at the same time across the room where the two sounds would interact with each other. I, I still like that, like juxtapositions. And There's like a Velvet weird... Underground, the gift. The motherfucker oh, yeah. smells oh. himself right to the girlfriend and gets the scissors in the head. But like one side, <laughs> of the, there's a jam going on on one side. The other is like this, you know, I think it's John Cale reading it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then every now and then Lou and John would do the same that's thing. That's right, right. That's right. Lou would come in with the loud ass voice. <laughs> but that is so trippy the way to, to listen to that. I got to do a yeah. version of that with Nels Klein. Uh, oh, man. Recently. Yeah, it hasn't been released yet, but somebody's oh. putting it together. And again, I'm a, a piece, a cog in a wheel of a bigger machine. I like yeah, to yeah. do that. Yeah, now, we were talking off air, uh, people, about bass. Uh, what what did you learn in the Lost Hills about being bass player? Not just bigger strings, but. Yeah, bigger strings is part of it. But I think it's 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 being the heart of the sound. You know, it's like the, the most visceral. Um, other, You know, it's the drums are the kind of the heartbeat, I guess. Right. But I felt like I learned in Burn Hills that, that the bass kind of drives the music. I could, if I wanted to slow things down, I could do that. I could kind of get the drummers to slow down. Yeah. If I wanted to speed up, if I wanted to take it into something more aggressive, I could kind of steer the ship a little bit as a bass Yeah, player. that's what I was going to say. You were yeah. kind of Ralph Cramden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Norton. <laughs> looking at you, looking at me, looking. No, but you know what I mean? You, it, it, Kind of a director. We also talking to people about cinematic uh, quality of this yeah, project, yeah. right? 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, when different people have heard this project, some people like like, man, I love the way you're, you're relating it to cinema and movies and directors, actors. Karen, when she heard it, she was like, Eric, it's like you're telling little stories with each song. And I was like, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. But there is kind of a storytelling narrative kind of thing, too. But everyone's got their own kind of reaction to it. Well, which well, I there, love. There's a couple of directors, right? In a way, you're like Alfred Hitchcock's wife doing the editing. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then in the other way, you're the, also the casting director. So even before the film shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Putting the shit totally. together. I, right. Yeah. Okay. You're making me you're making me realize things about it that I hadn't even articulated, man. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I think any uh, the great one of the greatest gifts one music cat can do at another is fucking focus on music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is what, what I felt listening. I want to play System 12.
昔あるところにお百姓のお父さんとお母さんがありました夫婦の間には塔になるかわいらしい女の子がありましたある日お父さんとお母さんは野良へお百姓の仕事をしに行くときに女の子を一人お留守番に残して誰が来ても決して戸を開けてはならないよと言いつけて鍵をかけて出て行きました女の子は一人ぼっち取り残されて寂しくって心細くって仕方がありませんから小さくなって、いろりにあたっていました。すると、お昼ごろになって、外の戸をトントン叩く音がしました。だーれ、と女の子が言いました。私だよ、すぐに開けておくれ、とおばあさんらしい声が聞こえました。でも開けてはいけないんだって、お父さんとお母さんがそう言ったから、と女の子は言いました。なんだって、よしよし、開けてくれなければ、この音を蹴破ってやる。こう言って、いきなりとに手をかけて、みりみり動かしながら、両足で、どんどんどんどん蹴飛ばしました女の子はびっくりして困って仕方がないものですから戸を開けてやりました戸を開けるとぬっと恐ろしい顔をした山乳母が入ってきて炉端に足を投げ出して「おお寒い寒い」と言いましたおばあさん、何しに来たのと女の子は尋ねました。お腹が空いた。早くご飯の支度をしろ。と山乳母は怖い顔をして言いつけました。女の子はブルブル震えながら台所へ行ってご飯のいっぱい入ったお鉢を持ってきました。山乳母はお鉢の蓋を開けて手づかみでせっせとご飯を詰め込みながら
たくあんを丸ごともりもりかじっていました。その間に女の子はそっと家から抜け出して逃げて行きました。どんどん逃げて行って山の下まで来るとご飯を食べてしまった山馬がいくら探しても女の子がいないので体操を怒って、おうおうと言いながら追っかけてきました。随分一生懸命かけたのですけれど、山馬の足に小さな女の子が叶うはずはありませんから、ずんずん追いつかれて、もう一足で山馬に肩をつかまれそうになりました。女の子は夢中で一生懸命逃げますと、山の上から芝を背中に背負って降りてくるおじいさんに出会いました。おじいさん、おじいさん、山馬が追っかけてくるから助けてください、と女の子は言いました。おじいさんは、よしよし、と言って、背中の芝を下ろして、その中に女の子を隠しました。すると、山馬が追っかけてきて、おじいさんに、女の子はどこへ行ったと尋ねました。おじいさんがわざと、あそこに、と言って、向こうに積んである芝を指さしますと、山馬はいきなりその芝に抱きつきました。するとその芝はちょうど崖の上に立てかけてあったものですから、山馬は自分の体の重みで芝を抱えたままコロコロと谷底へ転げ落ちました。その暇に女の子はどんどん逃げて行きました。すると山馬はまた谷底から這い上がって、おうおうと言いながら後から追っかけて行きました。女の子がまた一生懸命逃げますと、また一人のおじいさんがそこで蚊帳を飼っていました。おじいさん、おじいさん、山馬が来るから助けてください。と女の子が言いますと、おじいさんは、よしよしと買ってある蚊帳の中に隠してくれました。やがて山馬が追っかけてきますと、おじいさんはわざと向こうの崖の上にある蚊帳の束を指さしました。山馬がいきなり蚊帳の束にむしゃぶりつきますと、弾みで滑って、コロコロと谷底に転がりました。その間に女の子はまたどんどん逃げて行きました。そのうちとうとう大きな沼の淵に出ました。やがて山馬も谷底から這い上がって、また追っかけてきました。女の子はもうこの先逃げて行くことができなくなって、沼の淵に立っている
大きな菓子の木に登りました。すると山馬が追っついてきて、どこへ行ったどこへ行ったどこまで逃げたって逃がすものかと言いながらキョロキョロそこらを見回しますと木の上に登っている女の子の姿が沼の水に映りました山馬はいきなりその映った姿をめがけて沼の中に飛び込みました女の子はその間に木の上から飛び降りて、沼の岸の熊笹を分けて逃げて行きますと、一軒の小屋がありました。中へ入ると、若い女の人が一人、留守番をしていました。女の子はこの女の人に、山馬に追われてきたことを話して、石の筆の中へ隠してもらいました。すると間もなく、山馬はまた沼から上がって、どんどん追っかけてきました。そして、小屋の中に入ってきて、女の子が逃げてきたろう、早く出せ、と怒鳴りました。私は知らないよ。すると、山馬は疑い深そうに鼻をクンクン鳴らして、ふんふん、人臭い、人臭い、と言いました。なあに、それは私がスズメを焼いて食べたからさ。そうか、そんなら少し寝かしておくれ。あんまりかけてくたびれた。おばあさん、おばあさん、寝るのは石のひつにしようか、木のひつにしようか。石のひつは冷たいから、木のひつにしようよ。こう言って、山馬は木のひつの中に入って寝ました。山馬がひつの中に入ると、女は外からピンと上を下ろしてしまいました。そして石の筆の中から女の子を出してやって、山乳母を木の筆の中に入れてしまったから、もう大丈夫だ、と言って、太い霧を出して火の中に突っ込んで真っ赤に焼きました。この焼いた霧を木の筆の上から差し込みますと、中で山乳母が寝ぼけた声で、なんだ、初日ネズミか、うるさいぞ、と言いました。その間に女は筆に穴を開けて、ぐらぐら煮え立っているお湯を穴からつぎ込みますと、中で熱い、熱いと叫びながら山乳母はドロドロに煮え崩れて死んでしまいました女は山乳母を殺して女の子と一緒に家へ帰りましたこの人も元は山乳母にさらわれて
こんなところに来ていたのでした。
Lot for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Parallel Systems with System 12, Rabotan Proj, Phil Todd, Ray Hare, Andreas Brandi, no, Brandle, sorry, excuse me. Artu, Partinen, and Eric Harvin. Then the Mountain Witch, Witch, huh? Like a demon lady, right? And her daughter from Few, it's an old folk story from Japan. And Parallel Systems, finally. Systems 13. It ain't finally because there's 20 other ones, but we'll listen to those further Watt for Pedro Show editions, people, because we're out of time. Uh, but this this uh, has Peter Wright, Sindre Berga, Phil Donnelly, Ali Robertson, Ray Hare, Mike Griffin, and Eric Hardiman. Now, some of these, well, why, why are they called system? Why is the whole thing called parallels? Because of like kind of a universe and parallel planets in orbit, or it's kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I kept so it's funny, man. I never thought this was going to be. I never thought it was going to turn into CDs and be like a real project. It was kind of an exercise for me just to kind of do something during the pandemic originally, and then it got to be as it grew and grew, and as I finished each track, I, I started to think, all right, I got to do something with this because I want to share it with people. And so I thought it would be all digital on Bandcamp or whatever. And then um, Rob Foreman, who runs Settlemental Records, you know, he's a great dude. He uh, he was like, hey, we got to do this up as a two CD. We got to figure out something to call it. And I hadn't I didn't have a name for the project. I was just, you know, it was just my collaboration thing. And uh, so I kind of I kind of sat down and thought about it for a while. And I was like, each track seems like its own thing. It's its own system. It's its own little world. Um, yeah, planets. I don't, I don't know. That's a good analogy too. So it seems like it worked. You know what's trippy? Some systems have way fewer people than other ones. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. But but that is all from a music thing, right? Because the persona thing got left behind once they yep. did their submission. Okay, okay. So and like, I I, I got to tell you, man, I was worried about it. I thought you know, especially like people who hadn't heard their tracks i thought what if i send it to you know to you or to someone else and they and they weren't into what i did with it but so far everybody's been really happy well, they, with they're, it, they're so. dicks because they shouldn't have gotten involved <laughs> in the first place god damn it they don't trust you now eric where can people well you said Bandcamp. it's up there right yeah. okay yeah that's the place to find it rambutan.bandcamp.com and people you spell rambutan r-a-m-b-u-t-a-n now but it. the physical thing how can they they can get that there too. They can order the CDs there or through Sedimental Records or Forced Exposure. Oh, uh, all Byron those places have. Byron's a good man. Yeah. Ted. Byron's, yeah. Okay. Man, okay. That, that guy has shaped my musical listening quite a and what's bit. What's the other the label years. he's got? Feeding Tube? Feeding Tube. And I mean, he used to have Ecstatic Yod. That's Ecstatic right. Pieces. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. records. I think that's what his main thing is selling off his records. It's just so fucking huge. He's. He's a yeah. great cat. I love that man. He's going to He's be on great. the show in a couple of months. Okay, nice, and where nice. can people find you on the internet? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, probably that's the Bandcamp's probably okay, the best okay. way. There's to tell no Eric Hardeman website. No, well, there's there's also my label, which I didn't talk about, but I have a, I have a, my own label, which is kind of a DIY tape and record label called Tape Drift. So they can Google Tape Drift Records and find Not me Google, there. Google, use the search engines. There's lots of search engines on the internet, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it's like saying Kleenex yeah. for tissue. 
<laughs> you got it. Right? Or yeah, saying, so, what's that P word for like these shows on the internet? I won't use that word. Why be oh, a yeah. fucking shill? They don't even make that machine anymore. But, but anyway, that's semantics. It's, it's, it's a big honor you. to have you on the show, Eric. And, and I love the opportunity you gave all these cats to come together. When you, we could be sitting on the hands and complaining and bitching and moaning, feel sorry. We got productive. You made us part of a big music project. That's the most beautiful gift you could give to fellow musicians. Man, I, I, it kind of blows me away to hear you say that. But I, I got to thank you for all the music over the years and for you know having me on the show, for being willing to contribute to the project. Like getting you and Guy on board was huge for me because it was like, man, if these cats are willing to trust me, uh, that says something. You know, when I met Guy, when I first met Guy, he was a bass man in Rite of Spring. And something yeah. fucked up on my bass. I remember opening up for HR when he did his first solo band at the old 930. And he lent me his bass, and the neck was fucking cracked. It, so when Ooh. you played it, man, that shit pinched your palm. Oh, man. He's such a good guy. I mean, we go, you know, uh, I grew up kind of at the old 930. That was in high school. I went there all the time. And uh, so, respect, respect. F Street, right? In the alley. Is yeah, F Street, Yater. you got it. Big rats big in that alley. Big anyway, rats. Yeah. yeah, anyway, we'll have you on again when you get some new music, man. I'll you know, right, you Mike. back on, okay? It's big honor, Ed, yeah. truly. People, it's the been the June 27, 2021 edition of Watt the Pivo Show. Keep your powder dry.